0: Hello hello my name is Emil Ruddock. i am an actor in theatre in the uk and i thought it would be a good idea to start a podcast and so here i am here i am starting a podcast for everyone and anyone who loves theatre and i know that's a lot of people and that's a lot of ground to cover so let's start from the beginning i thought that when i was younger that there was only one way to get into theatre you had to go to stage school you had to get an agent, and then you had to audition like crazy before you could get another job. That's what I was told, that's all I knew, that's all I thought was the only way into the industry. and An industry that seemed so far away anyway. It seemed so crazy a thought to think that I could be on stage in the West End and be performing to thousands of people every single night for Months and months and months. But here I am, and I didn't do any of what I thought I was supposed to do. (laughs) I started my career in theatre in a very different way, not the conventional way, you could say. And that's why I thought I'd start my podcast with a little introductory episode. I'll keep it short, don't worry. Uh, About me seeing as i'm the host and you're going to be hearing from me quite a bit i thought i might as well tell you a little bit about who i am about where i came from what i'm doing at the moment and uh what's coming up in the future podcast so let's start from the beginning when i was 11 i found myself watching fred astaire um, and Ginger Rogers in a movie called Top Hat with my mum. It was uh, it was a rainy Saturday afternoon, and uh, little eleven year old me was bored. And mum suggested that I stick around and watch a movie. So that's exactly what I did. And I, I admit, I admit, I admit, I was I, the prospect of watching a black and white musical movie didn't really appeal to me at the beginning um and it uh, i'll admit even further it took probably a good couple of minutes into the movie for me to not be completely bored but um my goodness when old Fred is there when old freddie started moving his feet game changer it was it was an absolute life-changing moment and um I haven't stopped since you could say Uh, as soon as I remember my mum went to make a cup of tea um which I am drinking also you know stay in the theme of the show excuse me there won't be a lot of that don't worry that's not going to be a theme for the show we're not going to be slurping and gasping into the we're not doing ASMR podcasts right now that's not that's not what this is but um yeah she went to make a cup of tea and so we paused the uh, I think it was a VHS actually it was a VHS if a lot of people out there Don't know what VHSs are. They're like big chunky plastic boxes that you would put into an even bigger chunky plastic box, and then it would play a movie for you, as opposed to just pressing a button and it's starting straight away. So she paused that. So it's there fluttering on the screen, going up and down, with those little lines going across the screen. And I was up on my feet, doing God knows what, trying to make sounds and beats with my feet. Now, don't get me wrong. This wasn't just a straight up oh my goodness, what is this? I've never seen anything like this before. I remember back in the day, there was another VHS that I'd loved when I was a lot younger, like four or five years old, and it was a river dance one, and I just loved all the rhythms and the music and the sounds of the feet. So I think I'd always enjoyed rhythm and music, and I was always in the school choir as well back in the day, um, going through my Catholic school days. They were different days. Different days. Anywho, so I always had sort of an interest in music and singing and what have you but never sort of thought of it as a career I think I wanted to be a heart surgeon or I know when I was nine I wanted to be a heart surgeon when I was sort of 10 or 11 I wanted to be in the army I know that is a fact I had camouflage in my room I had um, camo netting camo bedding I had a camo covered chair I used to draw pictures of army soldiers and they were all on my wall and I had applications to recruit Myself, I don't really know what I was planning, but I would planned it early on. I was I was quite direct with what I wanted to do, and then I saw Fred there and that all changed. I think I think my mum was pretty chuffed with that outcome, to be honest. So, next thing I know, I'm in a tap class. Um, around my, uh, in my area, in my town, um, there was a school of a lady called Sylvia Lorden Um, I mean, just search her up on the internet. She is really and truly a legend when it comes to teaching um she's been working for many many years and if i'm if i'm being perfectly honest she is scary yeah she's she's scary she looks bless her like she was about to drop every day but the dexterity and the energy this woman had with her cane um and her flat shoes and her grey hair was always up in a bob, she it was such a force of nature, but my god she was intimidating, she was so bloody scary, but she kicked us into gear, and it was a little back room in the back of her house with a bar on it, and uh, wooden floors, and it was always pretty much freezing in there, but we 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 practiced, and we practiced, and we practiced, and I remember my, my first ever tap class was there at Sylvie Lorden School and I'll never forget it. I remember I was wearing my Converse shoes because I didn't have any tap shoes. I didn't know if I'd enjoy it. I didn't even know if I was going to be good at this damn thing. I just knew that I wanted to give it a go. And you know what, the parents are up for it as well. So that's exactly what I did. I went to my first tap class in a pair of Converse shoes at the age of 11. And then throughout the years, I switched to different dance schools um, uh, in my local area in Caribbeanco. Big shout out to her, um, also to CATS, Christine Anderson's Theatre School in Rugby as well. Big shout out to them. Um, I learnt a lot at all these different schools. I learnt a lot of different skills, a lot of different techniques, etiquettes, and obviously my skills improved in different areas of dancing. So I did my jazz, my ballet, I did my tap as well. Um, but I actually didn't stay with the tap in any of the other schools that I really went to, apart from my first one, which was Sylvia Louden's, and I did that for a year or so, and then when I switched to other schools, I found that the syllabus that I was being taught wasn't stimulating enough for me. It wasn't. I wasn't getting what I wanted from it, so I pretty much just stopped going to tap class, and I found another way to learn tap which was by myself i went on to youtube and i found tap videos on there and i went like crazy i bought uh like well, i didn't buy i was like 13 14 i got my dad to buy a piece of plywood like two by four foot plywood from wicks or something and we had that in our dining room and i would shred the hell out of it And I would always have to hoover and sweep afterwards because it would be completely destroyed. But I'd get my laptop downstairs, I'd bring a speaker, I'd have my tap shoes and I would just practice by myself um, for hours every day. And I would get different videos of different tappers on YouTube, um, find new inspiration, pretty much looked at everything I could that was to do with tap on YouTube and copied it. I downloaded the videos, I slowed them down so I could see the steps more easily and it became a sort of a a working pattern and over the years I just got better and better and better and then I did my GCSEs, standard GCSEs, nothing pretty crazy, I did a performing arts BTEC at school, I went to a school called Avon Valley School, um, big up to them as well in in, uh, rugby, Uh, amazing performing arts school and college um, with great facilities, I learned quite a bit there about the industry and um, sort of working with a group of people in to create work so I left my GCSEs and I went to do my A-levels I went to Stratford-upon-Avon College big shout out to Stratford-upon-Avon College I took my A-levels in dance English language media studies and performing arts now believe me when I got to college and I think it's that excitement you get when you go to college or a sixth form if they cater to performing arts uh, when I went to college y- you're looking on the the, you know, the list of courses they have there performing arts btec you know it just shouts out to me it really did i was like i need to do that there's they it's just every single day is musical theater it's singing acting and dancing and they have tap and they have one-to-one singing lessons and i was just overwhelmed with just how cool this course sounded but there's a little voice in the back of my head that said you're gonna regret that maybe if it doesn't all go well in the industry Then you're going to be left with no A-levels in anything you can actually use to get a job later on in life. Because you know you can't go to that bank and say that you can do a three-beat riff and they're going to hire you. Or any other job for that matter. So why don't we look into other A-levels and see if maybe we can find other courses and other subjects that will lead you into the same industry you want to go in but also give you something to fall back on just in case it doesn't work out and I'll admit that the, the little voice in my head was mum, mum she, she was she was she was she was right she was right she was she was solidly right she was very very clever about that and um, I was reluctant at first obviously I was a bit grumbly I was like I just want to do musical theatre every single day I don't even care about it not working because it's going to work because I'm amazing but that obviously just wasn't the case Um, I was just starting out I had no idea of industry prep I, I, I just wanted to go out and do it but I also didn't have many sort of academics sort of behind me I got some good GCSEs but I thought you know what if I've got an opportunity here to do some more theoretical subjects then I will so I picked along with my performing arts and my dance I picked English language and media studies and this I sort of weaved into my industry because that allowed me to have some more skills when it came to screenwriting or writing a, uh, a play or writing books or reading scripts and understanding language that really helped um, and with my media studies that was obviously very helpful for when I know I was going to be working in front of cameras so I can understand them better um, making this podcast as well in terms of understanding sound uh, uh, interfacing and editing and things like that and you know, it really helped me for my future and thankfully on the theater side of things it's actually been all right as well moving on just a tad like quite a bit what am i doing right now right now i am in hamilton in the west end uh, of london playing hercules mulligan and james madison if you haven't seen it it's an amazing show you should go and see it obviously you can't do that now because everything is closed everything is shut down nothing is open because of this bloody virus um Pretty much no one in my industry right now has a job, uh, which is a damned shame, but um, you've got to take the positives out of things, and if this hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't be sitting here, uh, speaking into this microphone, trying to start a new venture that people are going to find entertaining in a different way. Um, But yes, I am in Hamilton, uh, as Hercules Mulligan. I just got the role last year in November, and I've been playing him for about five months before we closed. Uh, So I was a bit upset that it was all sort of over, but fingers crossed things get back up and running soon. But before that, the year before, I was in Hamilton just as an ensemble. I say just, there's nothing just about the ensemble of Hamilton. Believe me, if you haven't seen it, you'll understand what I'm saying when you do see this show. The ensemble are sensational and to be fair that's not even me talking about me because i was sort of a vocal track ensemble member so i covered hercules mulligan and i covered george washington and i wasn't really a dancey role thankfully because the dancing in hamilton is crazy it's absolutely mad um and I obviously I've got loads of friends who are still in the show and who were in the show last year as well who are just some of the most talented people I know and they're going to be coming on to the podcast so you'll be able to hear from them very very soon but before then, how did I get into the industry? I focused a lot on my tap when I was first starting out so I did my A-levels and I wanted to audition for stage schools in London of course that's what I told I had to do that was what I thought I was going to do so that was the path I put myself on So I applied to different stage schools, I applied to, um, Erdang, Artsed, and I think that was it, and I remember auditioning, uh, for both of these schools, and I think I got into both schools, um, but without funding. Now, for anyone who is looking to go into theatre, especially training in theatre, know that funding and finance is going to be your worst enemy, um, when it comes to doing something that you love um, especially when you're starting out Um, and I think that was the struggle that I came along with at the start of all this Um, you know I didn't come from an exceptionally wealthy family we may do and we were always comfortable and always had a great time together and were never sort of left behind without having opportunities that would benefit us in the future and I definitely have my mum and my dad to thank for that Um, they've been very supportive but by no means Am I a rich kid? So getting into these schools was great. I was mega excited. Obviously, I was chuffed. Having a great time. But I couldn't afford to go. And I remember looking at different plans and finance plans and different funding. And I thought even still, even with the funding to pay for the courses, I wouldn't be able to afford to live in London and do that at the same time without working. And I thought, I can't work while I'm training because I'm just going to be so run down. I'm going to be beat. I'm going to be so tired and I probably end up coming out of there hating theatre so much, and I'll be in debt, so I thought, that's not, that's not great for me, and it really upset me, yeah, um, yeah it did, it did, I thought that was sort of the end of the road there, really, for me, I th- I didn't think I was going to have the chance to do what I wanted to do, I thought I was going to have to have a career change, and, um, I don't know, become a chef or something, but I didn't, I stuck with it, and, um, i met some great people along the way and i was just very very lucky right place right time for a lot of situations that happened to me i put myself out there a lot as well and i volunteered for a lot of things so early on i volunteered for the 2012 london olympics and i got into that along with thousands of other people and i was a drummer in the industrial revolution uh section i made some great friends from that and it was just something that i could stick on my cv whether it was paid or not i put it on there it's experience i put myself out there i worked like my ass off at weatherspoons saving money so i could keep traveling back to london for the rehearsals and for the performances obviously and um finding places to stay luckily I had some great friends whose sofas I crashed on during that whole period but yeah I really planned for it I had lots of support from my family again which I will never undervalue the support um, that you can get from your friends and your family especially in this industry because you really it really helps it really does and I also got in contact with a guy called Kane Ricker um, who I knew as a tapper Um, and he messaged me saying did I want to join a dance company A new tap company, and I said, "Yeah, sure, that'd be great." So then I joined this tap company called The Pulse Collective, and we we did a lot of gigs, and we did a a TV show called "Got to Dance" on Sky One um, around 2013, uh, which was really fun. It was mega fun. We got to the live semis; it was wicked. I never seen, I never had an experience like that in my life. It was it was like being in a movie, and everything was happening so fast, and there were so many lights and cameras and famous people. It was really, really insane. And then from this, I, I suppose, again, I'm not really sure about this, but um, I got some clout, I suppose. I got a little bit of industry know-how, and I suppose my name had spread into different people's circles. So then I got invited to do a one-time performance at the Palladium for a charity event based around the musical 42nd Street. So I was just in the ensemble of this. We just did one number, and I joined in with that Um and it was great. And from that, I I thought, you know what, I'm about, I think I was about 18 or 19. And I, I said, you know what, I'm not going to stage school. I've decided I'm not going to stage school. So how the hell do I get into this industry in a different way? I worked my ass off. I really put the training in with my tap. Um, and I worked on my singing and my acting as well, just behind closed doors. You know, I didn't take any professional classes. It was all just me in my room watching different techniques and classes and i can't tell you i can't express enough how many resources there are on the internet um not just youtube there are loads of um blogs and ebooks um and videos and um audio books and now there are loads of podcasts as well and i'm hoping that this is one of them that sort of adds to the plethora of things um in terms of just industry sort of know-how as opposed to actual training do not come to this podcast for training I am not qualified. Okay, okay, okay. Good, good. Um, so I had all of these skills, and I knew I wanted to develop them even more. But I wasn't silly. I knew that I was. It was very hard for me to try and get a job, a professional job, a paid job, in the West End or in on a tour or a regional theatre or anything, um, theatre and education. Just anything to get me started, um, as a professional performer and so I sort of I hit the iron while it was hot I'd just done this gig at the Palladium it was an amazing experience sort of my first experience on a big big stage like that with thousands of people um and in my fancy costume and my tap shoes and I I fell in love with it instantly it was incredible but I so I was a little bit shameless with it I I asked a lot of people in the cast who are now great friends um who is your agent and I wrote down hundreds of agents names and I emailed them all. I emailed them all and said that I was just in a production with one of your clients and I'm seeking representation. Here's my C V, here's the things that I've done, here are the shows that I've been in at my local theatre. We'll get to that in a second, because my local theatre is everything to me. I so I emailed them all and out of God knows how many I emailed, I got a bite. I got a bite and it was from my agent, uh my first agent, Kate Wynne of Q Personal Management, who took a chance with me. She took a chance with me. We had an interview. She liked that I hadn't trained. She liked that I had this sort of get up and go attitude and that I was just driven to push myself in unconventional ways. And that also that I was sort of performing in a technique of dance, a style of dance that wasn't so huge at the time. Let's face it. Tap is not really a mainstream dance style. It used to be but now it's not so much Um, and it still remains quite niche and there's not a lot of work out there for it so at the time there really wasn't but she had something coming up that she thought I would be suited for and it was the Scottsboro Boys and they were looking for a 17 year old looking tap dancer mixed race and I thought oh okie dokie then that sounds like it'd be good for me and you know what it was my first audition I went for it I had no etiquette whatsoever I had no clue what I was doing everyone else in the room knew each other everyone would work together at some point or they would trained together at the same school and I just sat there in the corner I had my music I had my sheets of uh, lines that I'd been told to memorize my bottle of water and my towel and I was just ready to go and I just had fun with it. I just had fun with it. I didn't go in expecting to do really well. I just wanted to experience what a professional audition was like. Because I never had before. I really did feel like the underdog. I saw, had that sort of imposter syndrome. Which I think is kind of normal. Uh, it happens from time to time. But I went in. I did my best I did what I could and I didn't hear anything for months and I thought well okay I didn't get it but I again I wasn't downtrodden by it because I didn't expect to It was my first audition I literally just went for the experience and for the understanding and for the training of an audition process and then I was doing a shift at spoons I was back in rugby I was doing my shift at spoons just like Cinderella mopping the floors you know just really whistling my way through the shift And then I went on a break and I had a missed call from my agent. And then I read the email that she sent me after many missed calls saying that I'd got the job. And it was the best feeling of my life. It was incredible. The first ever professional job. And it was going to the Young Vic Theatre. What an amazing space that is. But I'm sure we'll get into amazing theatres and spaces and etiquettes of different places and how they run and how they work later in the podcast with different guests. So look out for that. We're really going to go in depth in the industry and really give you all an insight into the world that you love. But yeah, so since then, I haven't really stopped working. There's been a few points when I would stop working for maybe five or six months and they're dark days. They're dark. They are dark times. Um, And that's what we want to get into in the podcast as well. We want to talk about the, the the bad side of the industry there are lots of ups and downs with theater well the entertainment industry as a whole there's lots of ups and downs and you've got to find some mental peace to deal with that you've got to find some techniques to deal with it you've got to find support networks to help you deal with it and uh, you've got to come back fighting strong because there's going to be someone else behind you who's just as raring to go as you are if not more and they could just take it right from under your feet so you've really got to You've got to keep it together and hopefully this podcast over the next couple of months, however long it may be, however long it goes on for, hopefully it will will give an insight to, like I said, prospective actors, people who are looking to get into the industry, people who are just interested into how this industry works. Hopefully it will give you all an insight into the true reality of theatre and just how fantastic it can be and also just how bloody awful it can be as well so that's me pretty much I mean that's a very condensed version of me but like I said we've got the whole podcast to get involved with more of my experiences throughout individual jobs and training also with my other guests as well we're going to be going into other parts of the industry that even I haven't ventured into yet and their paths of getting into the industry and how how they got to where they are now oh before i forget my local theater rugby theater big big shout out to rugby theater they were basically my training ground from when i was around 11 so when i got into tap dancing and i started getting into that excitement for theater we found that rugby theater put on shows and you know um it's a great amateur theater production company um with an amazing space Um, And they really do put on some amazing shows, and everyone who works there is pretty much a volunteer worker, from the directors, to the choreographers, to the set designers, the um, production designers, to the managers, to the barmen. Um, Everything is is sensationally done there, with such great care, and some of the best years of my theatrical life have been in that theatre. Um, and some of the best friends that I have as well have come from that theatre some really good family so yeah big shout out to them Um, I'm sure I'll get more in depth into my experiences at Ruby Theatre later on in the future of this podcast but for now that's all from me I can't wait I cannot wait to start this podcast up and get the guests in and just let it rip let it rip with this industry the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly everything and all with a cup of tea if you want to find out more about A Cup of Theatre, you can find us at our website, acupoftheatre.co.uk. Um, we also have an Instagram, so please come and follow us. There's going to be exclusive content and pictures and things on there as well with the guests and myself as we're recording. So keep updated via that on uh, Instagram forward slash A Cup of Theatre. But that's it from me. I'm Emil Ruddock. I'm the host of the podcast A Cup of Theatre. I am so excited to get this started thank you very much for listening to this and i hope you enjoy the podcast to come thank you goodbye